Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. episode 346 of the AFTN podcast. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of tea, or if, if it's your thing, grab a beer. We've had to pull Gideon out from under the table after his <laughs> second or third beer, Gideon? Fourth, actually. Fourth beer, yeah. so yeah, might as well. It's going to be a long group. podcast, Joe. Yes, <laughs> yes that's for will. sure. I'm sitting far away because the smell is just yeah, wafting. It's, it's bad, trust me. <laughs> Um, I am the official reigning champion of the prediction game, Joe DC, and I'm joined by everyone's second favorite USL League Two commentator, Gideon Hill. Is there even a first, to be honest with you? I don't know if everyone has a favorite commentator. I feel it's more of just in the background, but it's I a appreciate... big pressure in my mind. I know he doesn't commentate on that league, but I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the, You're the effort. There. Yeah, I'm, you thank you. You commentated with Carl Robinson recently. I did. How was yes, that? I did. It was good. It was good yeah. fun. He's a, a nice guy and. You see him coaching the sidelines or in interviews. He's very, I guess, holds himself together well. But when you get to know him and you, you know, talk to him, have conversations, he's, he's a really down-to-earth guy. Right. He asked me personal questions, and he was fun. Very good. So. Um, this is the AFTN Preview Podcast, the only Whitecaps podcast on the internet that starts with the letter A. thought I'd get that in there. <laughs> Opening question. Um, we just came off a long break for the Whitecaps. Yep. It's been... Three weeks or maybe four match weeks since they've had a had a game. Feels like five, but yeah. It feels like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, which player would you go on vacation with? You know, it's it's not really a spring break. Yeah. It's an early summer break. Who would you be your player of choice? I I go with Daniel Henry. I think every time he does Whitecaps social media spots or what have you kind of games they do, he just seems like a fun guy to be around. Um, and I think we would go to a soccer game, and soccer mm-hmm. games, plural, in, in Europe and experience that. A West Ham that. United game. A West Ham United game and see what it's like to, to be in that stadium. So I think that'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be mine. What about you? Uh, I would go with Freddie Montero. Freddie it's a Montero. tough choice. There's lots of interesting characters. Um, so Freddie Montero is obviously a coffee guru. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking a world coffee tour. You know, we'd hit South America. We, they do some interesting stuff, interesting stuff in Asia with coffee too. Um, then we'd go to swing around Europe, maybe join up with a couple of the team. Um, by the team, I mean like Mark DeSantos. We mm-hmm. can meet up with you guys when yep. you're with Daniil Henry in Europe watching a game. It'd just be perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that would be ideal for me, um, yeah. even though I'm not a coffee guy, but just to hang out with Freddie, it'd be fun and, and talk to Mark and maybe sure, see I'm John sure Arise. Yeah, somewhere. for sure. <laughs> um, the Whitecaps are back. 
it's it's good. Yeah, it's been it's been a good break. I think it's probably much needed. I mean, not the, the game against Toronto obviously probably wasn't the way the Whitecaps wanted to end it, but I mean, getting a break a break is is nice, and it's good to see some guys on international break playing with different people, and maybe that'll bring them back and bring them, you know, healthy. Yeah, you know, I think the rest as well for a lot yeah. of the players who really need it, like. Montero. Montero's been playing for a year straight, so yeah. Um, The rest came at the wrong time for the Whitecaps opponents this weekend, this Saturday night. Um, Colorado. You remember when we spoke about them? This is our second game against them this Mm -hmm. season. They were... A tire fire is too nice of a word for what they Yeah, were. and it's funny because when we were talking with them at the time, I think we said Hudson would get fired the game, the, like the game before, after or during that weekend. He actually got fired like two days after we posted the show. So, I mean, they've, like, you don't often say that the team that's gone bad and they get an interim coach who's been on the co- coaching staff is they've improved. Like, they have gotten significantly better. Um, Connor Casey obviously played with the Rabbids, so he knows the system. He knows some of the players from his time there. So I think it was a good, smart move by the Rapids to promote a, you know, a player who's been with the club before. So I think it's worked out well for them so far. So far. Casey is my, like, one of my man crushes in this league. It was Will Bruin before he was a Sander. Connor Casey, he scored like two or three against the Whitecaps one yeah. time when the Whitecaps were at Philadelphia when mm-hmm. he played for them. Um, yeah, it's great to see a player take on the role of a manager. It's always interesting because yeah. you, you know them as a player. Like Connor Casey was this tough and bustling you know striker who was a big presence in the box and then you know a manager is very much you know the control you have over a dressing room your emotional intelligence you know your tactical knowledge and all that and it he's he's proven with his results that he knows how to get it done yeah it reminds me of a, a taller michael bradley just the, the baldness factor but yeah i mean he's, he's... i like him more than michael bradley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's someone on the sidelines i mean there's nothing i have no like no I mean, I didn't have expectations when he came in because you never know. You, you'd think they'd wait till the end of the season to hire, but like a full-time coach. But I think he's he's done well, and I didn't. I don't have any criticism for him as of right now. We'll see how they play on Saturday against the Caps, though. So. It's hard to have a criticism when they had two points before he joined, and now they have thirteen points, like thirteen additional points. Yeah. So I think if I I'm, this is all off the top of my head, but he lost his first game. But he hasn't lost any of the following five. And four of those were wins. They're no longer at the bottom of the table. Um, they're they're above, I forget, I think Cincinnati or someone like that. But uh, And granted, they have like three games in hand. But they've he's really just changed the entire atmosphere around the team. And even like what we see on social media, because I still follow Kamara and Mosquita and those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a good, good vibe going there. Yeah. And I think it helps having those two guys, as you just mentioned, those two guys on the team that really, they they were on the Whitecaps last year, a team that was struggling at times, and they know how to kind of pick it up a little bit, and they didn't make any big moves to kind of shake it up a little bit. I think they acquired Jonathan Lewis and yeah. Abubakar. Abubakar, yeah. Those so. are the two I had written down as the big, the big game changers, but just to go back, because the form really is staggering. They didn't win any of their first 12 games. Yep. They had two draws, and... In the last five games, they've won four of them. Yeah. And I think one or two of them have been, like, away from home. Um, Kamara has been, I think, probably, you could say, their best player. He has eight goals so far this season. Very, very solid. And because, you know, their playing style, maybe before Connor Casey came in, was, very, was suited to, you know, a big target man. But like you said, Abubakar and Lewis, um, Abubakar obviously in the back line, Lewis on the wing, have changed Colorado as we know it, added different dimensions to that team. Yeah, and I think it's suited Kamara well because he's a little bit, I guess, 
faster, not as much as a target man as you mentioned, Joe, but having Lewis on one side and then Nicholson on the other, really like to get at defenders and then put and cross into the box, maybe head level that Kamara can just knock down, so that's worked well. And they're playing exciting soccer. The games I've watched, like especially against, I think it was Columbus, where they scored the late winner with through Mesquita, like it's exciting. It's not no longer one nil wins, two one wins. It's like three two wins, four two. Like they're playing, they're scoring, they're defending well, and that's what you want to see out of a new team, or team with a new coach and trying to play for him. That mosquito goal was amazing. Yeah. The, the curve on the ball, like it nestled into the top corner. We've seen some good mosquito goals of the oh, Whitecaps, but I've, he his technique hasn't that, been in depth. Yeah, he but had that's, a bicycle kick against Dallas like last year. And he had that like thirty yard shot against, or maybe that was or Fernandez. Either way, it was it was a nice goal in that game. So could have been the Kobayashi. Uh, yeah. Shot. Oh, against Columbus. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The drifter. That, yeah. That's a callback right there. Their last win, or their last game, which was their last win, was two weeks ago. Do you think they'll suffer from like? momentum loss because you know your, your team's riding this high and how do you continue that in the dressing room i think it's again like it's the same with the whitecaps you don't want to end on a 1-1 result against toronto but i think for colorado it's good to have a break again you mentioned not at the right time i don't think they had if any at all players go on break so they've been training together as a unit whereas the whitecaps have lost some cohesiveness with guys leaving for international break. So I think Colorado have that in the, the back pocket with being able to have the same guys training together, molding, making a game plan for the Whitecaps. Whereas Casey can implement exactly, he yeah, wants and you have more, you have you have two more weeks of coaching without game action, which you know could be they could do scrimmaging, but yeah. to have that invaluable time to mold more into the team or as a team is is important. Speaking of Connor Casey's kind of ideas, they seem to be favoring the four two three one more. We saw under Hudson they tr- they tried four four two three five two. Um, there was too many formations. Yeah, to count. they they really were switching left and right. But the four two three one seems to be Connor Casey's go to. Kai Kamara up front. Cole Bassett, who I haven't didn't, don't really know too much about, playing in the number ten position consistently, like playing in that I spot. Believe he was a draft pick either this year or last year. But like, I've noticed that a lot of the players draft picks from this year and last year have been outstanding like they've been playing top minutes you look at new york a couple of their guys have been starting and scoring mm-hmm. it's just all over the league it's it's become known that draft picks can def- play well and that's that's bassett he's just been insane for this colorado team yeah and mosquito can play in that spot too usually he's been coming off the bench to uh, to influence the game which we we know very well we know more than other teams how well he can do that but uh yeah those are the front two like bassett doesn't really chip in with goals but he seems to bring other things to the team. The threat very, is very much from the wide areas with Nicholson and Shinyashiki. Shinyashiki. Yep. There we go. So, th- like, those are the people providing the, the wider threat. And then Lewis, obviously, is a wide player, but he's a wide player also. So, you know, we could expect different things. Like, Nicholson, we know a little bit about him because he played first with Minnesota, then he played with Colorado. There was that t- I think there was one time where he played the Whitecaps three times in a month because he got traded in that time. Um, so... Uh, personally, I've, we've seen quite a bit of him. Just a solid winger. Can be a man, can cross a ball, good technique, good passer, lots of movement. Yeah, and he signed with Minnesota in their second year. And I, at the time, he was kind of hyped because he came from Europe and it was yeah. an exciting one. But now, with the trade, Minnesota had the two Ibarras there and it just uh, kind of a square piece and a round hole, if you will. And moving to Colorado has really helped him. And I think that's really helped the team as well to have that extra kind of movement from the wing mm-hmm. center of the park it's a pretty competent competent and dynamic midfield jack price the red card machine and acosta who 
I still don't understand how his career has landed him in Colorado. Well, I mean, it's it's worked out for both sides. I mean, Badgie's lit it up for Dallas. He's had some good games there, and Acosta's... For, he was starting the year the t- number 10 position. He's now moved back to a defensive mid, so I think it's helped the team um, create more from the back end and really link up with Rosenberry, who was struggling to start the year. He was not having very good games for Colorado. But now Rosenberry at right back is a rock of a right back. Yeah. He's and one of the one of these classic MLS players that can just play probably six different positions pretty comfortably. And that's what you want. Like You want a guy that can have that versatility, especially younger guys as well, that's able to move around the park and, and be comfortable with his position. So it's helped him having a cost. And you're right, it, it's kind of sad it was taking a, a downturn, but he, I mean, he's still in the U.S. national team picture. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, he, he's very like a very exciting player, Acosta. And mm-hmm. you just, you when you're defending against a pair like that, it's just hard to, if he's having a good game, what can you do? That's the kind of a player that... He is, and spreading the ball is obviously his big strength yeah. and getting back up and down the field. But, you know, you're kind of crossing your fingers that he doesn't have one of those games that have has put him on the radar of so many, you know, important teams, you know, be it international call-ups. Mm-hmm. Or there was European interest at one point, so... Yeah, like, he reminds me of Will Adams, who played for New York and now with Red Bull. Like, they're the same type of player, but... Adams is just a little bit more progressed in his, obviously, signing with the European team. So, I think there's similarities there. I think Acosta needs to grow a little bit more, and figure out his position of where his best suits him but i think he's an exciting player for Colorado to watch so will adams or tyler adams? sorry tyler adams there we go. yeah yeah tyler adams is with red bull in, yeah uh, salzburg yeah yeah or leipzig leipzig, leipzig. 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 Yeah. um they're not actually red bull they're like a rassenball or something rassenball because they're not allowed german clubs are not allowed to be owned by corporations uh, on, 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 there's certain situations where that doesn't apply we'll call them leipzig. leipzig you could but <laughs> they they took the acronym rb and, and changed it. And, like, everyone knows it's Red Bull, but yeah. th- what they say is it stands for, I, I think it, the term translates to grass sports. So it's like a huge, like, middle finger to the German Football Association saying, we'll do what we want anyway, <laughs> just under the table. Same logo, just changed the yeah. name. Um, in, and then a little bit more on the back line, um, Tommy Smith and uh, Lalas Abubakar, um, who I think when I've played MLS Football Manager, every single team I've traded for Abubakar. He's, I mean, he was, again, like another piece that Colorado picked up from Columbus, Columbus who, yeah. again, like a, a very packed center back positions in Colorado, or Columbus, rather, they've tried, had to trade with a few people this year, but it's, he's exciting, he's big, he's got good hair, and I mean, <laughs> that bodes well for Michael McCall, so yeah. I think he's a perfect center back and a cheap one as well for Colorado, who kind of moves some pieces around. Where does hair rank on the importance for your center back? If I was a coach or a manager, I'd say top three, 100%. Top three? Oh so yeah, for like- sure. Heading, defending would be positioning, heading, positioning, and then yeah. hair, and then, and then striking, passing, passing, <laughs> passing would be, would be yeah. Well, hair. you know, as long as you can defend well, the yeah, passing just comes second long. nature. Yeah, the, that's the true. The Aurelia Collin uh, theory: <laughs> if you can lump it long, everything's. Good. I still remember the game he puked on the field against the Whitecaps. That was that was good yeah. times. <laughs> Everyone still hates him. I remember him. a very good goal line clearance he did against the Whitecaps one time. Anyway, enough <laughs> reminiscing. Reminis- yeah. Reminis- <laughs> um, Tim Howard's still in goal. <laughs> I feel like it's seems to be doing well, Tim Howard. Yeah. Feels like a, every time we talk about Colorado, it's a broken record. It's yeah. either it's like Howard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in he's in this he's in the U.S. squad. He's out of the U.S. squad. He's making the news. He's yeah. same thing. who like I looked at his stats this season, and he's like he's he, a quality he keeper. Racing, he's yeah. their second best player. And like anyway. I mean, he wouldn't have been playing with Toronto because they have two quality goalies, but. 
I think he should be honestly be playing over Howard, but this has to. I think it's his last season, regardless. I think he said he was going to retire. I could I, be wrong. I, that would make, I think it's yeah. just there'll be a goalie like vortex in the league if yeah. those two retire. Um, set pieces is a, is a big threat for Colorado. That's just based off what we know in their past. Mm. Like you can't have a player, you can't have players like Abubakar, like Tommy Smith, Kamara, like Jack Price, like Kamara. Yeah. Who? Because Jack Price for the delivery, but yeah. for and not be a good set piece team. Yeah, and I think it's more, it's not about that, it's also about their movement. Like, they have young players like Lewis and Costa who can draw out players, which allows the ball to come in, and then Kamara or what have you to just head yeah, on. Because Kamara has, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Kamara is so good at header, so yeah. it's a, they're a big threat there. But one weakness I would associate with the team is if the ball is on the deck, like those fast paced, you know, maybe, yeah, through balls or, you know, penetrating passes um, would be a weakness, kind of because of the immobility of the defenders mm-hmm. so to say so yeah. to speak like relative to you know the if looking at the white caps the versatility or the um how agile our attackers are that could be a really good area to look to exploit and wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the game plan for the white caps which we will talk about after this week's do you know who i am Okay, a little bit different flavor of do you know who I am? Since there's only two of us, I thought it would be pretty boring to, uh, you know, just read quiz off. me. Yeah, yeah it's read off some boring. clues and yeah. have you humiliate yourself. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we've so, tried it before, it didn't work. Yeah. So let's just stay away from it. What we're gonna do is we're gonna quiz each other. So we've set up these um, clues. So you have a player in mind. I have a player in mind. Mm-hmm. And we have these seven parameters that we're going to read. So the first one is, for example, date of birth. So I'll read the date of birth of my player, you'll read the date of birth of your player, and then we have a chance to guess each other's player, and the first person to guess each the other person's player wins. Okay. And we'll keep going. So um, let's let's get just jump right into it, shall we? Date of birth. Gideon, what's the date of birth of your player? I was born on the 14th of May, 1984. 1984. Okay, interesting. My player was born on the 18th of June, 1991. Okay. Any guesses? So wait, 84 you said. So, 84, 91, okay. Uh, this is so much more confusing than I yeah. thought it would be. <laughs> <I got laughs> the so first, many... This is the first clue, yeah, so yeah. Don't, don't lose heart. The second clue is, what is the last known club of this player? I last played for MK Dons. MK Dons? Okay. I last played for Minnesota United. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine might be a bit easier. MK Dons. MK Dons. This person has an MLS connection, right? Mm-hmm. MK Dons. Goodness. Okay. Uh, first club. My first club was Wimbledon. But Wimbledon and MK Dons are the same... Re- well, well, they're not the same team. Let me make that clear, but... Uh, okay. Um, my first club was FC Honka. Okay. We'll keep it moving. How many wait, wait, wait. Do I get a clarification on the team? Because I've never heard of FC Honka. That's fine. That's the first thing. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right. Um, fair enough. International caps. How many international caps does your player have? Combined 26. 26. Yes. What do you mean combined? Like youth caps? Too? Yes. Okay. I'm. Mine combined is 27. Okay. Okay. So far, I have no idea. Who played for MK Don? I, you should I'm be able to piece it. Yeah. Okay, that's it's okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Next one. Nationality. England. Okay. Finland. Ah. Uh, 
Rasmus Schuller? Rasmus Schuller. <laughs> yes. Who was yours? Okay, you're going to keep guessing? No, no, no. Okay, Nigel Ryokoger. Oh, my God. I was going to keep going. It would have been England, and then career goal is 23, and then position was DM. But he also plays right back, though. That's true, but <laughs> I, mean, I think he's more no, known for DM. That was DM. good. You won that fair and square. I did, did not. I thought, I know he went to Preston or something like he that. He finished, well, his last team yeah. as of, you know, the reliable Wikipedia was MK Dons. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. You know, I this week I was listening to a podcast, and uh, a football podcast, and a few years ago they one of the people on the podcast did this thing where they knew that a manager was going to get hired by a team, right? So they went to their Wikipedia page and added a team that he managed that he never actually managed. And then he looked at all the press releases that went to this fake Wikipedia entry and would list that as one of the teams that he had managed. And not only did like all these big websites pick it up, but the team that hired him on their press release said that he managed this team oh that they never did. So shows you how much due diligence is worth. Yeah. Anyway, that was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Head-to-head version. Congratulations. I, I think I made it too hard on you, Joe, but that's for the many times you've well, made no, it difficult on us. Right, so I think yeah, it's that's true. Nigel Real Coker is someone I should really know about, but I did not know he started at Wimbledon and ended at MK Dons. Like, that's not a good, a popular thing to do. No, and I, I, to go back, especially after coming over here, is a little bit strange. Yeah, it was yeah. Whitecaps, but Montreal, do or you know, vice versa. you know versa. the history of MK Dons and Wimbledon? No, enlighten okay. me. So, uh, Wimbledon were a team, they played in the Premier League and all that, and the owner, much like an MLS franchise or what happened with Columbus, wanted to move the team. So I'm not 100% sure on the details because it was a little bit before my time, but um, he basically had to set up a new team called MK Dons. So AFC Wimbledon and MK Dons are, for administrative purposes, the same team. And the club AFC Wimbledon were started by the fans, and they've Mm. slowly moved up through the leagues. And I think last season they ended up playing in the same division. And uh, like the AFC Wimbledon team don't even like rice MK Dons on the... Like, they don't recognize them. It's this whole thing. And Michael McCall's a huge fan of AFC Wimbledon. I think he supports that fan yep. movement very much. But it's one of those great stories. It's mm-hmm. like um, a successful version of FC United of Manchester, um, which is a different story, which we will save for another time. Yes. It's like how I met your mother. Anyway. <laughs> okay, time for the Whitecaps chat. So, first game at home, after a break, four games on the road. Crucial three points, or would you not describe them as crucial? Well, I think after... I think this winning this Saturday is absolutely key. You're playing a Colorado team, yes, good form. But Whitecaps have had good, except for Canada last year, have had good, um, I guess, experiences or play good against Colorado at home and beat them a lot. So I think winning a game on Saturday is key. And I, th- I, I have it written down. Seven, I think seven points over the next five games, home and away, is what is achievable for the Whitecaps right now. Yeah, that's that'll be minimum. I think this is a very tricky game. Yeah. And... Um, from a morale point of view, it could be important because Colorado could draw level on points with the Whitecaps yeah. after this game. And ever since the last game against Toronto, where we created so many chances we weren't able to score, this I'm thinking this is going to be the game that we, I don't want to, for all intents and purposes, I don't want to ruin it, but get a scoring, like, get the scoring slump out of the way, score, like, three goals, four goals, get the fans happy, have them, you know, fired up for the next game. And I think just give some more excitement because they've been fun to watch. It's just the goal scoring side of things is is not 
happening right now, and I think scoring a bunch could kind yeah. of you know turn up a little bit and and get the the players a little more upbeat. Yeah, because they've been playing well. Like I'm not saying they're playing bad, but the scoring side of thing, they can't win games one nil or or two one. Or if they're winning 2-0, close it down. I just think yeah. that's something that's important. And with those next few games in mind, you, you said 7. I think you should aim for 10, personally. So in the next five games, three wins and a draw. Well, I was thinking home win against Colorado and then either beat Dallas yeah, or Seattle. The Whitecaps have to start making up ground. Now, yeah. Right? Like the yeah. summer stretch, how many years have we switched off in the summer and yeah. then just kind of plateaued underneath the playoff line? And sure, the playoff line has been moved this year, but still... Like imagine not making the playoffs this year. Like that's the kind of mentality. Yeah, um, I think it's achi- it's achievable for sure. Like with the amount of movement above us in the Western Conference, it's it's doable. But it's a matter of where you go from there. What kind of form you have come September? Because that's or October. Because that's the most crucial part of the season, yeah. as you mentioned, Joe. In terms of some moving pieces, we've Reina back. I think Bangura was back in training, but Henry and Cornelius are out of the team. Crepo, Tybert. Crepo is type. Oh yeah, Tybert. Tybert. Oh, God, I didn't I know those players. So like. How do we patch a team together? I guess so. McMath will start in goal probably yeah. because if because Crippo is gone and then uh, I don't think it's a game to throw Sean Melvin into. No, Melvin Melvin should be on the bench. I, I think, think he'll play against Cavalry one of the two games, but that's just me. Yeah, I can't wait for those games. They're going to be good. The centre back then is the position of kind of concern. Godoy would probably slot in there, and then I think this is a game where you play with like a four at the back rather than a three at the that's back. That's actually what I Yeah, because if. Theoretically, if say you have Godoy and Rose, which I think is the obvious pairing, because I don't think they're ready to throw McDonough in there. Rose hasn't had any Whitecaps game action yet. To have Rose and Godoy play with say McDonough three at the back, and somebody gets injured, you have no one to sub on. Whereas you have Rose and Godoy, and if worse comes to worse, McDonough can come on for the second center back, but you still have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I you still have the, the logic, coverage. I, I would expect Rose and Godoy. Yeah. Uh, so I went to the game. I don't think Kamiri's ready, ready either. So I I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah. he's fully back yet. But I went to the Toronto game before the break, and the angle where I was sitting was very interesting to look at the Whitecaps when they were defending. And I could see when the three at the back would line up. Obviously, it was Henry, Godoy, mm-hmm. and Rose, right? But they really had their assignments like just done very well, except for that last part where they conceded the goal. That was kind of a miscommunication. But it was in the first half. Like mm-hmm. They really had their defending yeah. communication and the, the spatial awareness and the roles and all that kind of thing all kind of sorted out. So I think this game, just as a filler, let's slot in Godoy and Rose and then work from there. It may not just be fillers. It all depends what, how Canada does. It could be could be weeks, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, true. it's it's a, I want to say experimental because Rose play, he's, Roses look good there, but I think it's more of like a, a patch job slash potential, you know, yeah. not full-time, but extended time yeah, so yeah. and on the fullback positions who do you see there i see sutter sutter i watched sutter from a closer angle on f- the game against toronto and he was not only good defensively but he whipped in some dangerous balls yeah, he's he he's quality i mean the pace is there it's not as you know maybe as much i find as much in Derwinski, but his, his his head defending wise is second to none yeah and uh obviously adnan on the other adnan, side yeah. hopefully his contract situation hopefully Udinese listens to the white cast (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's a story for another day (laughs) um so that's the back four kind of Mm -hmm. pretty much sorted they could I could see a situation where not McDonough starts but Arise also slots in but I think Arise is too crucial to how your midfield yeah exactly because I I think 
Arise has a sweet left foot and he's able to distribute the ball, but it's a matter of positioning. Very left footed. Yeah, and he like when you watch him, he drops so deep into yeah. the, like the eighteen that he's you know basically playing as a center back. But that's just the coverage. So absolutely. So if if Arise is, I think Arise is a shoe into play, but and Tybert's missing from the midfield. We see. Uh, like Ingbom is just off international duty. I think he's yeah. I think he's just coming back. Yeah, he, he played should be two back games already. Game. Yeah, and then your other player is most likely Felipe. Then Felipe, yeah, because Norman's still out, and then I think Colines with the academy. Yeah, so it's uh, you know, the the positions pretty much fill themselves in up to this point. Yeah, but I, how like in years before when we've missed the players like Tybert, Henry, Cornelius, like key defenders when have we ever had the depth to be able to withstand and like that's gonna be the question like does dos santos he obviously planned for depth but is this gonna be the game where you find out who you know stands yeah. the strongest who... I, I don't think like i don't get the feeling of depth because these call-ups have all been foreseeable you know this is kind of it's kind of a double-edged thing because grace whitecaps have canadian players that are performing well enough that they get called up mm-hmm. and they've scheduled their games with the freedom that they have in such a way that it's been great. The international break so far, they haven't had any games. But now a game has come along. And this mm-hmm. one was probably unavoidable because too many games have stacked up or something like that. But like all these signings that we were linked with, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, these make sense because we're so light in some of these positions. Like We're so light in the midfield. And that's probably because you know David Norman got his injury and, and some other factors as well. But like I, these signings seem necessary to me, you know? Maybe not a striker at this point, but... No, it, I, I think that's... It's a long-term kind of a thing. But yeah, because, I mean, Ardais, Montero, there's three guys. You don't want to bring in a fourth, like, say, a, Bear, theoretically, yeah. Laren, and have him, you know, it's a one rumored $1.1 million signing, what have you, on the bench. Like, you're not... That's oh, not no, a sign you want to make. Oh, I would yeah. start pretty easily. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's, let's sign him first. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, McMath in goal. We've talked about the back line. Arise, Felipe, and probably Ingbom in the midfield in like an inverted diamond. So Arise sitting back. Yeah, back and, and then, then two. Ingbom yeah. with the freedom to go up and down. Felipe kind of holding the rest of it together. So if that happens, who's coming off the bench? Ah, oh, God. You know, we might not have anyone. <laughs> it might be one of these no sub games. That's why I had a 4 2 3 1. I was thinking having Ingbom and Arise, and then have, if Bengura is healthy, then Bengura, Venuto, Reina, Montero. Have kind of like a exciting front four. Yeah, try I, and create. Reina could play one of the central positions too, like the Felipe role. Yeah, and that's why I was saying if if like so they score a couple goals in the second half, you bring in Felipe, you change the dynamic up. Say go to four four two, and then have depends how the game evolves. Yeah, too, and then right? have him bomb go wider, like for more coverage. Yeah, like there's different yeah. things that can happen. It's just they're so light in midfield that yeah. like the only combination I can see of a player getting subbed in to play in the midfield would be Reina. For Felipe or Reina for Ingbom yeah. or someone like that, but just yeah, depends Re- on Bangura, I think it does. Yeah, Bangura maybe like we don't obviously we don't we're not privy to his fitness information, but like he does look like he's in training, and I don't know if it's too early for him to start or not. Like Venuto, to me, has been playing pretty well, so I would go with uh, Montero up front, uh, Venuto on the right, and then on the left you could go PC or I think they could even put Adan up if they really want if they well, wanted we need a left back or, yeah. well I guess PC Levis can play there too and, and Levis yeah so yeah. it'll be some combination of those or Bangura could be fit and he could he could start but it's just looking so so light I'm going to be interested to see the bench like I PC will probably be there I don't think PC is a good enough player to start like I, 
I like his yeah. I like his running and things like that. You know. I think I know. I think Baldissimo was injured as well. We forgot to mention him. So, yeah, young players that like, could be you know covering injured. You know, yeah. unfortunately, but again, like that's where the depth comes into play. You sign those guys. You have them on your roster that don't play, but that's the time to, for them to come in. So yeah. We're trying to patch a team. Yeah, together. exactly. The formation could adapt with that too. We could see, a, you know, a three-five-two or something. And Bomb's played out wide before in a four-three-three. So yeah, again, you're, yeah. you're right. It could be. Bomb could play it like right back and probably have a like keeper. I'm just gonna have a good game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Keeper's more. He's of the, the Whitecaps with Sarmy knife. Yeah, he's the, he definitely is, and he's like our Keegan Rosenberry. That's true. But probably. A little, a little bit, bit better, bit. Yeah. <laughs> better yeah and um, he plays internationally so you know, yeah he has that much yeah. like we said did the break come at the wrong time for colorado did the break come at the right time for the white caps yeah. they were kind of stalling a little bit after, after the, the tfc the, game yeah the frustrating tfc i mean it was deserved frustrating yeah. for the fans to to see them go down like that but i mean to be honest reina changed the game when he came in such an exciting yeah run. it was and i think venuto was able, he was there but he wasn't getting the service he was kind of dropping deep he was like Montero was for, but he wasn't getting the service, I guess, from Venuto. So it was good to have him on. I think if he starts, it can create some problems because he's played well against Colorado. But I think it's you know, he's the right time that the Whitecaps had the break. If you had to sum up the season so far for the Whitecaps in like in like a team talk kind of a style, for me it would be concede less. <laughs> what would it be for you? Um, I think it'd be mental focus. Mental focus. We've seen a couple of times, like I can come to mind the Philadelphia game, the Dallas game where the we've Toronto game. Toronto game again where we scored and then we've conceded like there's just been moments where either it's the head or it's the defensive position that just hasn't been there and then teams like to be fair the De Leon goal deflected but like there's Crepo could have snuck to the left a little bit like there could have been better positioning in front of De Leon to disallow the shot like maybe a second man so there's yeah. times where you see where there could be like improvements other times just bad luck like Dallas goal I think was just playing like unlike he was deflected yeah. or whatnot so what about for the rest of the season to come for me it's going to be finish your chances finish your chances and then again like mental focus transitioning into you know like help as a team don't leave one guy unattended yeah. like just coverage mental focus the entire game and, and keep you know keep grinding and because the playoffs are achievable that's not like that's not being, oh yeah i think so you know um have you been watching the videos that come out of the white caps of like Mark DeSantos mic'd up during games and yeah. things like that. They've been great. And I, I'd be curious, like, kind of, that gives us a taste of how he communicates. And it seems that he has a central message and he tries to really transmit mm-hmm. that very simple message. With to different team. languages, which I love. Yes, it's true. Great. Yeah, you, when he has the mic on the yeah. sideline, you can see him. Uh, you can or you can listen to him speaking like two or three different languages sometimes. I don't know um, if you saw as well the way Caps posted uh, Andy Rose Day in the Life on. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yet. it's it's really good. I didn't know he had diabetes. That was pretty. Oh yeah, it's, I, I read that. Somewhere. Yeah, so not a lot of people are able yeah, to play. I, you know, what I was going to say about DeSantis was I'm very curious what his message to the team was over the break. You know, um, it's probably a very well formed kind of a thought like mm-hmm. recharge or something like that or like focus, focus, focus. I, I don't know. It, he knows like what the team kind of needs and I'd be very curious to see what's the mentality of the team as they come into this game because this is a home game against the team under them in the table sure the form is like the form is kind of weird like you have a team under you in the table that's undefeated in well, the last yeah. five but still you know like I'll be very curious hopefully they have one of those mic'd up things um, for, for this game too um, so sure before we go Gideon let's get your predictions for the week alright I predict the Whitecaps will score three goals alright um, Jack Price will get a yellow. I had that one too. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll say Acosta will have complete five passes. Okay, that's your three. 
I think uh, Arisa... no, I was switching from price because you had the same one, so I'll change it to a cost of that one's a that one's a oh given okay okay then I'll say okay then I'll say the white caps will hold fifty six percent position okay I think Arise will have more than eighty five percent pass accuracy I think Diego Rubio who we all forgot about will have a goal and I think McMath will make four saves you think Rubio starts or comes off the bench he'll score at some point that okay. guy is that guy's like a he's thorn a knack. In the white yeah. Caps side um, yeah. Cool. You're, you'll obviously be at the game. I'll be at the yep. game too. I'll be there both as a fan of the White Caps and as a fan of a friend of mine who, um, yeah, I don't know if honored is the right word, but he's going to be celebrated, celebrated or, yeah. in a way. Um, a friend of mine, a family friend of mine who uh, was at BC Children's Hospital when the White Caps visited. Um, he was there recovering. They came in. He had a great time. His whole family are going to be there. The White Caps invited him and his family over to the game. So, yeah, if you hear the name Andre Belanger, um, he's Send made up a great recovery yeah. because of the great work that they do at BC Children's Hospital. So, yeah, round of applause for him if you hear it. And, yeah, stuff on and off the field, you know. Yeah. It's a community club. It's it's time for a win. I think that it'll yeah. be the right time to get it. Three points for for everybody let's the make it a thing hashtag three points for Andre three yeah, make it trending <laughs> uh, Gideon where can people find you on social media at underscore Gideon Hill on the Twitter and your Twitch channel don't have one I'm never <laughs> gonna have one I don't think I'm entertaining enough to have one so no, you play FIFA all the time though. no that's true I guess I could do that all yeah. right. we'll see I'm not as good as Chewboy but you know I can maybe <laughs> fire it up sometime you have to tweet at him to challenge it you can find me at Joe DC Van I think no longer at Cheesy Deasy I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't professional enough. Thank you very much for listening to episode 346 of the AFTN podcast. Enjoy the game. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.